Hey y'all and welcome back to Give Me the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hey y'all. We're back. Did you miss us? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got a doozy of a story. So let's say. Oh dear. Yeah, it's nuts. True crime. Okay, okay. Excuse me. I um didn't drink an energy drink today. Yay. You made it through. I made it through, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my story is about the Nepalese. Okay, so um, today's story is about the Nepalese royal family who was Mm. massacred. Wow. Yes. Royals. Royals. So here we go. A story takes place on June 1st, 2001. The royal Nepalese family had a dinner party at the palace every month for many years. Like this was a regular thing. And the party was held in the great drawing room within the royal garden. Before dinner, everyone was waiting in the billiard room, drinking and chatting, and the younger royals usually arrived first. So, on this night, Crown Prince Dipendra arrived around 7, or a little bit after 7 p.m., and uh, he chats with his cousin, Prince Paris, and he drinks a few pegs of whiskey, and pegs is a unit in of measurement in India. But, or I guess it's in India that it's a unit of measure. But anyways, um, so yeah, so he's chilling, having a drink or two. And um, the rest is super, like, I guess convoluted. Like there's so many different versions that I read that I just kind of like squished them all in together. Cause I don't know if like um, the Nepalese like news outlets were like changing things to be in favor of the, I don't know what was happening, but Mm -hmm. Like, even different podcasts that I listened to on it, they didn't have a lot of the same. Like, it was all, all of them were, like, almost different. So I was like, what the fuck? So this is as close as, this is all the shit that I could find online. So if you've heard it differently other places, that's why. And why are sound different. Hmm. But anyways, so he drinks a few. And then uh, it says that at 8 p.m., Dipendra leaves the billiard room and he goes to pick up the queen mother, Ashwarya. That's his mom. And Mm -hmm. he's, I don't think he, like, actually went to go pick her up. I think he, like, walked across the palace to go get her from her rooms and he walked her to the gathering. And, um... So as they're returning, the queen mother stops to talk to a guest and then 
the the prince returns to the billiard hall. So at 8.12 p.m., he calls his girlfriend, Devyani Rana, and speaks to her for one minute and 14 seconds, according to telecommunication records. And directly after this call, um, he calls an aide over to get him some cigarettes. And they're not just regular cigarettes. They're a special kind of cigarette prepared with a mixture of hashish and another unnamed black substance as per an order. Mm. So the aide goes and gets him the cigarettes and he gives them to Prince Paris to give to Dipendra. And so they do this or like they're in the billiard room or whatever. And he's openly smoking this hashish and like drinking heavily in -hmm. front of all of these people. And people knew that he like drank and stuff, but they didn't know that he like smoked hashish and it was Mm -hmm. like super frowned upon, but people could tell like there was just a different he was different that night Hmm. so um, after a while he gets drunk and um, he starts to sway and he's like unable to hold himself up and um, so people are like oh great he's drunk and he's high so he ends up picking a fight with one of the guests and his um, brother-in-law and his brother-in-law Kumar, who was married to his sister Shruti, I think it's Shruti, Shruti, um, and his cousin, who is Prince Paris, they take him back to his room, which is it's not really just a room; it's a small two-story building next to the garden. <laughs> so um, they take him back, and they ask him like. He's, like, acting super drunk, right? Like, they're taking him, and he's, like, they holding on to them and shit, and they get him into the room, and they, like, are gonna, like, lay him down or whatever. And according to Kumar, they asked him if he had, like, any weapons on him so that they could take off the holster and lay him down. And according to him, he said... Uh, like he kind of like snapped out of it out of his like days drunk shit and was like no no I don't have anything on me and usually the entire family was like carrying a piece like everybody it was a normal thing mainly Mm -hmm. because most the majority of the family had been in the military at some point in their lives including Dipendra so it was normal but yeah, so Kumar made a point to say that later. But um, so they leave him there in the room. And um, meanwhile, Devyani, the girlfriend, she's called Dipendra's aide after speaking with him. And she says that she noticed that he was acting weird and like his speech was slurred and shit. And so he asked him to go. He asked, she asked the aide to go check on him. So the aide reaches his room, or I think it's several aides. Um, they reach his room and find him on the ground trying to take off his clothes, like his shirts. And so they help him take off the sh- clothes. 
And then he goes to the bathroom. And at this point, they hear him throwing up. And he comes, so like, they're like, what do we do? Like, do we wait or what? But Depender comes back out after a while and he orders them to both go and to go specifically to their rooms and to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. So um, while all this is happening, King um, Berendra Bear. Bikram Shah Dev, who we're just going to call King Barendra, he arrives on foot from his office and he proceeds to meet other guests in the billiard room. So the king shows up downstairs or down at the party and Dipendra calls Divyani again and he speaks to her for 32 seconds telling her, I am now about to go to sleep. Good night. We'll talk tomorrow. And she said that he sounded fine at this point. Like he didn't sound like he was drunk or anything. And um, so then, okay, yeah, so then she talks to him, whatever. But he is not, in fact, going to sleep. What unfolds next will change Nepalese history forever. So mm-hmm. after the phone call, Dependra puts on army fatigues with uh, black army boots, a camouflage army jacket and trousers, black leather gloves, black stockings, and a camouflage vest. So he steps out of his bed chambers with weapons. And when he appears in the hall in uniform, he's seen holding the brim of his hat so low that it almost covers his face. Um, and he's carrying an Uzi submachine gun and an M16 automatic rifle. And one of, uh, well, like one of the aides, another one, not the ones that he told to go to sleep, but um, they see him and they ask him, shall the emergency bag be brought, sire? Which I'm assuming they thought something oh. special was happening. Mm, an emergency or something. Yeah, so Dependra replies, it's not necessary now. He then proceeds to the billiard hall. So he gets to the billiard, the billiard hall and he strides in and he sees his father, the king, sitting, talking to people, talking to guests. He raises the gun and he shoots his father. Mm. Berendra is shot in the neck and the abdomen And bleeding from the neck, he has a look of extreme surprise on his face, obviously. And um, there was a doctor in the room, according to some sources. There was a doctor that just happened to be one of the guests. And he, like, rushes over to the king to try to, like, help him survive. Um, but other than that, everyone else is frozen. So, but immediately after, Dependra fires at the others, and one member of the royal family falls to the ground. And because it happened so suddenly, people didn't have time to react, and everyone's like staring blankly at Dependra firing his gun. So, at first, everyone thinks because everyone is so used to everybody else having guns on them, they think that it was an accident at first. And then he starts shooting at everything else and everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? So so everyone's just kind of like, what is that? Like they were confused. 
And during the whole process, Dependra doesn't show any expression on his face. He didn't say a word, and he just shot aimlessly. So, and as he's opened fire, uh, the palace aides are trying to break through a door to get in, but the it's just aides. It's not like actual like armed people, and we'll talk about why that why there were no guards or anything like that later. So Dependra then steps out of the billiard room and throws one of his guns, which is empty, near the stairs to the north of the inner garden edge, east of the hall. So Dependra enters the room again, and he shoots at the king again, and then he shoots at his brother-in-law, Kumar, and his uncles, Diandra, and... Oh, shit. And Kadiga, I think it's Kadiga. So Kumar's wounded, and the king, Diandra, and Kadiga are are killed. And so then Dependra moves back to the door and then forward again, firing indiscriminately a third time with some bullets hitting the ceiling and some debris hitting the carpet. So finally, Dependra turns and walks towards the garden and possibly trying to dissuade him, his mother and his little brother, Prince Nirjan, they chase after him. And Nirjan reportedly says, while shielding the queen, don't do it, please kill me if you want. So he shoots his brother first. Mm. And the mom... He, like, turns around, and he keeps walking, and the mom goes after him, and she's, like, screaming at him, and he ends up turning around and shooting her. So Nirjan is found by palace officials unconscious near the garden, and he's delivered to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead on arrival at 9.15. The queen's body was found in the, uh, in the staircase leading to the prince's room, she had been shot in the forehead and she was pronounced dead on arrival at 9.15 as well. So finally, after killing nine of his own relatives, including his parents and younger siblings, Dependra returns to the banquet hall or to the billiard room and his third uncle, Prince Diandra, tried to dissuade him, begging him to put the gun down but Dependra didn't stop shooting. He shot his uncle in the chest, and once he fell to the ground, the crown prince's aunt and cousin went forward to help the injured Diandra. But they were also hit by bullets in the arms and shoulder and could not move. So Dependra fired um, his gun at Princess Shruti and Princess Sharada, who was the sister of Biren- King Birendra, and um, they were right next to the king. And also injured in the bloodshed was Gyandra's wife, who Gyandra is another one of his uncles, but um, that's like on his mom's side. So his Gyandra's wife was also injured and she was shot in the lung and pierced and she mm. got pierced ribs, but she recovered after nearly a month of treatment. So 
The whole shooting process lasted for several minutes. The king and other and the other eight members of the royal family were killed on the spot. Prince Diandra was seriously injured and died a few days later, and many other members of the royal family were injured. Dipendra ended up shooting himself in the head um, with a gun on the bridge by the river in the garden. So he was actually taken to the hospital because he somehow survived shooting himself in the head. And he was taken to the hospital and uh, he survived for three days, four days, because he didn't die until June 4th. So what the fuck happened? Why did Prince Dipendra kill his entire family? We're going to go back to the beginning a little bit. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Because that is random and how it happened so quickly, yet people just, like, didn't stop him. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. They were shook. Yes. Um, Okay, so... So Crown Prince Dipendra was born June 17, 1971 at the Narayanhiti. Oh, I think I actually did that right. Ooh, in Narayanhiti. Yeah, Narayanhiti Royal Palace. He was the eldest child of King Dipendra. I mean, King Berendra and Queen Ashwarya. So... And he was also, like, beloved by the people of Nepal. Like, the whole family was. Damn. And they nicknamed him Dippy. (laughs) Cute. Yeah. And, but his family called him, I think it was CP or something, which I'm sure in, what is the language of Nepal? I didn't look it up. But, um. That might mean something else. But anyways, so. So. According to Lieutenant General Vivek Kumar Shah, an aide de camp at the Royal Palace for 26 years who knew the crown prince from when he was small. He said that the prince had another side to him besides what the Nepalese people saw him. He said from the beginning, he probably didn't get the love he should have as a child. That's what my belief is. He told the world on the 10th anniversary of the massacre. Although he was a well-behaved child, some said that he would have, he would often throw heavy tantrums and even display sadistic tendencies if his parents ignored him due to official duties. Others said that the prince had been collecting guns as a hobby since he received his first pistol at eight years old. He liked visiting the army training with his father, and if he saw a weapon he wanted, he would grab it from the soldier. Mm. Palace staff recalled that although it was common among men in the royal family to carry weapons on them, only the crown prince would leave loaded guns unattended in his chambers like clothes. As the prince practiced shooting for hours every day, the palace workers and the people in the neighborhood got used to gunfire sounds. He would also often go bird hunting in the palace gardens. In the gardens! Wow. So Prince Prince, Prince Dipendra received his early education in Kathmandu 
And then he was sent to Eton College, the venerated British institution that schools future kings and prime ministers. At Eton, the prince met Devyani Rana, a girl from the wealthiest family in Nepal. Prince Dipendra fell in love with her at first sight and wanted to marry her. However, his mother disliked her. First, her great-grandfather was the last Rana a prime minister of Nepal, who wielded more power than the monarchy. His maternal grandmother was a former Indian royal. Thus, her marriage can potentially overshadow the royal family or even bring them under foreign influence. Mm. Secondly, Devyani's family belonged to a lower caste, despite their enormous wealth, making her unfit to be a future queen. There are also rumors that Devyani's mother met Queen Ashwarya, and she told her that the marriage to the royal family might reduce her daughter's standards of living because she grew up in a life of extreme luxury, and the Nepalese royal family were not extremely, extremely wealthy. So mm-hmm. it's not confirmed whether this conversation actually took place or not, but either way, uh, the royal family didn't allow the crown prince to marry Devyani. And he, the his mom went as far as hiring a, um, uh, what are they called? I guess it's like a matchmaker, like in Mulan. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And apparently a lot of, um, what is that, East Asian East Asia? Oh. Mm. West. No, I don't know. Okay, well, a lot of families from, like, around that, around, like, Nepal and India and I guess even China. Um, I guess it's Asian families in general, whatever. But um, they get these matchmakers and they basically read their horoscopes and tell them, and like see their how their future is going to be if they get married, and if the family is wealthy and they don't want these two people to be together, they can just pay the matchmaker to tell them, mm. "Oh, your marriage is doomed" or whatever. Wow. Yeah. So that happens a lot, apparently. But um, so I'm not sure if this happened for them. Like, I don't know if they actually paid off their, the matchmaker that they got, but um, the queen mother, she got a matchmaker and she said that if uh, Dipendra and Devyani got married, they would not have any children and therefore there would be no heir to the throne. So that was another reason why she, the queen mother didn't want Dipendra to get married to her. Damn. Yeah. And they take it very seriously. So it's which, business. It's like yeah, a business. So yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> and that was another theory they got thrown out there. Or story they got thrown out there. Um so Depender was very distressed at the Queen's objection to wanting to marry Deviani, leading to his resentment. So it's said that four days before the royal massacre, the king and queen issued an ultimatum to Dipendra, telling him that he had only two options, 
One was to marry a girl chosen by the queen and at the same time allowing him to keep his girlfriend, Davyani, and maintain a relationship so that he can continue to be the heir to the throne. So basically get married to this girl that is queen material in our eyes and you can have Devyani as a mistress on the side. And the second option was that if he insisted on marrying Devyani, then he must relinquish uh, the crown and his younger brother, uh, Nirjan, would inherit the throne. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he was stuck. He's like, well, what do I like? What do I do? So um, it says Depender's love for Devyani reached the point where it was difficult to change his mind. Although Devyani loved him too, but she comes from a well-known family and insisted on marrying him properly rather than being his mistress. Thus, Depender was forced to the forced in a corner, and he was disheartened, disheartened and developed this terrible thought Mm. he had told friends that he would have a showdown with his mother before his 30th birthday Uh oh yeah so the prince had a remarkable military career and was adored by the nepalese people he only had to marry the right girl to secure the throne but his anger towards his family was intensifying Dipendra, who used to enjoy alcohol and smoking cannabis in secret, was now using them openly to displease his parents. Eyewitnesses from the royal family who were present at the horrific event on June 1st provided a somewhat complete picture of the events. Shortly after the family gathered, right, we all know what happens next. He gets Mm. drunk and then he kills everybody. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, but it says eyewitnesses said that he gave a cold eyed stare and continued shooting in a calculated manner, making some believe that he made the victim list in advance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the official version of the events published by the investigation team appointed by King Gayendra. And the Supreme Court, anyway. Like, that's what they say happened. Mm-hmm. So the government denied the offer of Scotland Yard, the London Metropolitan Police, and the London Metropolitan Police to assist in the investigations. The evidence submitted by the Nepalese investigation team left quite a few holes in the story. So directly after the massacre the royal family was cremated. Minus the Pendra. Hmm. Pepper, who are you growling at, dude? Um, so, the funeral for the royal family was held on Sunday. Hundreds of thousands of people poured onto the streets to bid a final farewell, farewell to the deceased. Their bodies were cremated in front of in front of the Oh man, I hate the way I did this. Hold on. 
Um, Pash, Pash, Pashupatina. Oh, I got it right. Okay. uh, Their bodies were cremated in front of the Pashupatina uh, temple, following Mm. Hindu tradition. So the funeral procession came during a time of political instability, and it was hard for people to understand how their beloved king, Bhairendra, worshipped as an incarnation of the Hindu god Vishnu, could have been murdered by his son. Within hours, Nepal's capital was gripped by riots, forcing the government to impose a curfew. And in the time from June 1st to June 4th, they had, the Nepalese government had to crown Dipendra as the king, even though he was in a coma, basically. Oh my gosh. And because he had killed everybody, like they still did it. Oh. So so on June 4th, after Dipendra died, the government imposed a curfew on the entire country. His body was transferred by a truck, not by a fancy vehicle, to the temple. I'm just going to say that. Um, and with all of Nepal under curfew, he was cremated without ceremony, without witnesses or family members. Many asked why his body was cremated so quickly and secretly. Why did no mm-hmm. one perform an autopsy on him? How is it possible for the bullet wound to be at the back of his head if he shot himself? Well, some have suspected that Prince Paris, Gyandra's son, uh, disconnected the crown prince from the ventilator and killed him. Others questioned how the security guards arrived at the murder scene 10 minutes after the shooting, although multiple gunshots were heard throughout the whole palace grounds. Dang. So here's where I'm going to get into why there were no guards at first. Conspiracy. So, yes. So, according to the traditional practice of the royal palace, the royal family holds a family gathering on Friday night in the first week of each month. Apart from the royal family members, only a few ushers are present, and all of the guards, including the personal guards of the king and queen, are not present on site. The guards on duty in the palace were also dozens of meters away from the banquet hall, and they cannot enter without an order. And everyone's dead, so... Oh, shit. Yeah. So this is why the crown prince shot and killed wildly in the banquet hall, and no one was present to stop it. Mm. Later, Prince Dipendra's son-in-law... Oh, no. Prince Dipendra's son-in-law, Shahi, was injured, but jumped out of the windows to find the guards for help. When the guards learned that it was too late that an irreversible tragedy had occurred and that the scene was horrific, all they could do was rush all the injured to the hospital. So about a week after the funeral, a Kato or Kato ceremony was performed to banish the spirits of the two dead monarchs, King Berenja and Dipendra, from Kathmandu. Riding decorated elephants, Hindu priests dressed like the late king and his son, were ceremonially ceremonial ceremonially banished from the capital. The ritual took an auspicious. 
Yes, the ritual took an inauspicious turn when an elephant carrying the likeness of King Byandra killed a woman. <sighs> it said Kali Bista, the mother of three girls in her early 30s, was picked up by the elephant and threw aside as she tried to walk under its belly. According mm. to local belief, a woman will conceive a son if she passes under an elephant. Girl, she's she, trying to get knocked up and she she risked that. She did and she died. That's unfortunate. Damn. Mm. So after the royal ma- massacre, Crown Prince Dipendra's girlfriend Divyani quickly flew out of Kathmandu to India for safety reasons. She is said to have been sedated and bedridden for several days due to grief and fear before moving to London to join her sister. The investigative committee had asked her to return to testify, but she refused. In 2011, she married Kunwar Ashwarya Singh, the grandson of an Indian cabinet minister. Due to her special relationship with the murderer of the Nepali uh, royal family her marriage attracted media attention and received extensive coverage so many um nepalese people still do not believe that the royal family and uh, annihilation was done by the crown prince thinking that the case is full of doubts and there may must be a big conspiracy behind it in addition to a suspicious a suspicious pointing to Gyanja, there is also suspicion that a big country uh, does not like King Barendra's pro-China policy. Like he was very, the king was very um, pro-modernization, and nobody like he he wanted it to be um, progressive. Yes, but he wanted to. What is what is British, the British royal family are, what are they? Uh, Damn it. I think it says it later in here. But um, basically he wanted it to be like how it is in Britain. Like the monarchs are just a status, like a, not a status. uh, They're just a figurehead like that. There's. The prime ministers and everybody else are really the, the governing. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, he said, I don't want to do any real work. Word, right. <laughs> Just kidding. And um, so they're saying that because he was um, pro-China, which there was like a bunch of conflicts going on or whatever, that... Uh, they took advantage of the internal conflicts of the royal family to carefully mm-hmm. plan the royal family murder. Yeah. But all of this is just speculation without any proof. Official mm-hmm. investigative reports and all eyewitnesses have proven that the crown prince was responsible for the bloodshed. So we'll probably never know the whole story of the tragic incident. Was it a story of a man madly in love or was it a political plot? One way or another, the unfortunate events turned the course of history. And life has not been the same in Nepal ever since. A civil war broke out in 1996, ending with a royal coup in 2005 to restore order King Gyandra, who the Nepalese people did not like. 
They didn't like him or his son, Prince Paris. Um, mm. They thought Prince Paris was like a playboy piece of shit that just did drugs and partied all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, sounds yeah. like an heir, an heir to me. Yeah. So um, King Gyandra seized power from the government and took a series of emergency actions, including a curfew. The restrictions led to more violent demonstrations. And in 2008, the king stepped down and abolished the monarchy. His son, Paris, got arrested for drug-related charges in Thailand. He is currently in rehab in northern Thailand. And the newspapers reported that his father, the former king, stopped paying for his medications due to financial issues. It's mm. unfortunate. Tragic. So as politics have stabilized, pressure on journalists has decreased and authorities have been more tolerant of peaceful assembly. Um, however, corruption remains endemic in politics, the government and the judicial system. Mm-hmm. Other problems include sure. gender-based violence, underage marriage, and bonded labor. Transitional justice bodies have struggled to fulfill their mandates. So it is hard to tell if the beloved King Barendra and his son would have brought stability in times like these if they were alive, but their death certainly hasn't stopped the chaos that prevailed in the Himalayan nation for 30 years. Damn. The end. We ended with Pepper's Growls. <laughs> it was personal. Yeah. The killing. Well, that's tragic. Um, More. Interesting. Oh my God, that only took me 39 minutes. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> All right. Um, damn. Taking yeah, all those people wild? And then now that's his legacy or whatever, so. Yeah. And he was like a decorated, like, Mm. military person. He was a PhD in something. I don't remember what it was. Like, he was, Dependra was a very smart man. And he threw it all away. Yeah, it really makes you wonder if he really had nothing to gain out of his life. So he was just like, well, just going to go ahead and blow it all. Yeah. Since nothing's about me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's tragic. I forget that that's a and it's a constant theme in like, you know, princess Disney movies and stuff too where like you can't pick who you fall in love with and it's like a tragedy like yeah. you're forced into a marriage. I forget that that's how it is or you know was a lot of the time where it's a business venture and families would have to like merge their businesses by marrying their kids yeah. together and things like that. Yep whatever's best for the country or, you know, whatever property they rule over. Hell yeah. I'd be just like Jasmine. Uh, Maybe I don't want to be a princess anymore. (laughs) Yeah, for real. The autonomy and the free will and independence is like completely thrown out when you're born into a powerful. Right. Or even just like reputation wise, that's like a lot to take in. Yeah. Like being famous. Oh, annoying. It's so fucked up. (laughs) And it was... 2001 like it wasn't or well to me it doesn't feel like it was that long ago but it was fucking long time ago the blonde tourage was was out and about in 2001 i'm pretty sure Brittany paris and lindsay lohan no that was 2004 wasn't it oh shit maybe you're right yeah i think so 
jumping the gun. But yeah, that was around this time. You know, everything's on the news. You can see pictures of, you know, the famous popular rich people smoking and drinking till five in the morning. Yeah, and that's what people were seeing with uh, Prince Paris. Oh, yeah. It's freaking nuts. I just, but it makes me sad because I don't know, maybe because he felt like that was the only thing he could do. Right, to kill his family, his mom. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but apparently she was, I mean, not that she deserved to be killed, but, um, she was very um, controlling, like of her kids. Overbearing, probably. Maybe yeah, high strung a little like, bit. Huh? Maybe high strung a little bit too. Mm. Yeah, she wanted them. I mean, she's just like every other mother. Like, she wants the best. Of course, yeah. 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 Well, that's tragic. But that was very interesting. I had no idea that um, that happened. Yeah, it was. There's a documentary that I mm-hmm. did not get to watch, but um, I think there's several. Um, and that wasn't that long ago either. No. What month? Because 2001, that was 9-11 also. That was like a big. Oh, yeah. Pivotal year for a this lot of things. This was before that happened too. Shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Um, here we go. The documentary came out in 2002. It was a BBC documentary, um, but it was called mm-hmm. Murder Most Royal or Nepal. Murder Most Royal. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's um, – an Indian film that is loosely based on the love story of Dipendra and Divyani called Superstar. Mm. And um, if you watched the show Zero Hour, I don't know, I've seen a couple episodes, it's pretty nuts. But um, mm. in the third season, they have um, an episode of that, of the massacre. Oh, okay. But yeah, there's several things that you could go out there and watch if you feel like it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that was awesome. Um, crazy. And yeah, I'm sure the conspiracies go pretty deep if we were to dive into them, but. Hell yeah. You'll never know. Well, yeah, that was cool. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I will, uh, you can send images or whatever, and I will post those. Yes, ma'am. Um, what else was I, was I going to say? Easter's coming up. Easter is. Lovely. Okay. Well, that was the episode for this week, guys. We hope that y'all enjoyed it and that you come back next week for something else. And don't forget to follow us over on Instagram, Twitter, and join our group on Facebook, G-I-M-M-E, The Creeps. Don't forget, we are always accepting messages in our direct message um, for stories that we can share here on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Fun.
please. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. So, did we give you the creeps? <laughs>